we listen for cues around identifying the right type of prospect or whether it's understanding logistics. And the great thing about these types of tools, business analysis tools like client analysis tools is they do apply to every business. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. You just heard Brian Kennett, VP of Digital Advertising at the Minneapolis Star Tribune, describe how business intelligence tools like geospatial technology have helped provide key insights about its advertisers' customers. Esri Commercial Services lead John Lenahan investigates how Minneapolis's largest newspaper has leveraged location intelligence to grow revenue and diversify its business offerings in a time of continuous industry transformation. Hi, Brian, and welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. It's great to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, Brian, you're the vice president of digital advertising at Star Tribune, uh, Minnesota's largest media and publishing company. I'd like to take an opportunity to learn how the Tribune, the Star Tribune, has evolved from its printed form to new multiple digital outlets. You know, many newspapers have struggled to kind of adapt to this digital transformation or this digital age over the last couple of decades. But it seems like you've survived, if not thrived during this time. And even your printed products have performed strongly. So, I mean, the the million dollar question, how did you do it? Sure. So from a digital perspective, we see between 11 and 15 million unique visitors a month consistently every month. So that's by far the largest media company in our market, we're the fifth largest newspaper in the country and the largest in some categories outside of New York, almost regardless of how you measure it. You know, the reality is that people consume content in a different way today than they did, you know, even five years ago. But I, I think we've been focused from the beginning on understanding that we need to continue to do what's important, which is to provide local journalism, you know, and to, and to cover the stories that matter most to Minnesotans and people who live in our regions. It's just been a a focus and an understanding from the top down that for us to survive, we need to make sure that we continue to provide the content that matters in the format that people want to consume it. So uh, we don't really care whether people are consuming it on a phone or an iPad or or one of our printed products. It ultimately doesn't matter. Amazing. Well, you're you're obviously listening to the feedback, right? And And that's part of being a successful business. In 2018, your sales team innovated to add business consultation services to your practice, pretty much showing your advertisers through through technology and through um, business analytics, how they could grow their business through smarter advertising, reach more audiences more effectively, you know, through market and customer analysis. So what was the genesis of that idea and, and how does it work? Sure. So we realized that from voice of customer feedback and just from what we saw in the industry that that regional and local advertisers needed access to better tools and intelligence to understand how to do this effectively the same tools that the targets and the best buys and the in the top you know companies of the world have always had so our digital agency services are really designed to to bring those same services that same intelligence down market to where we can support regional and local advertisers. So for us, it's really just about making sure that we have all of those tools and information and insights accessible to all of our customers. And those include everything from business analysis to um, full media planning and and attribution work to help people understand where they're driving the best results and, and more. I mean, it's really a complete set of agency services. And we did that very strategically because we feel that as 
we look at addressable information and and that level of of data, it really allows us to be much more mindful and focused in how we target advertising. When I heard your story and and we talked a little bit, I thought it was really interesting that this this business analytics, this uh, location intelligence offering is part of your sales process. It's not a value-added service afterwards. So when you're pitching this program to advertisers, how do you demonstrate the value? And and really, what are they going to get out of this? And, And how do you make the lights go on in their minds? It varies a little bit based on the level of sophistication of the advertiser, certainly. Essentially, what we do is when a sales rep is in the field and they're talking to a a local business, maybe it's a local hardware store. They are trying to understand how they can achieve reach to meet their goals. On the fly, while they're sitting in front of the client, they, they showcase just a tiny little bit of how that GIS or geographic information system type analysis would work by using a mapping product to show where our subscribers live within proximity of their location or locations, where our digital footprint could supplement that, what that would look like in terms of some basic key demographic areas, like segments where we know that we have the most request for information from our advertising base and visually on the screen, on a laptop screen, while they're meeting with the sales rep, they start to understand the power of what that location-based product does. And then the sales reps can explain, obviously we can go significantly deeper, but here's just a quick, you know, in the field understanding. And, And the lights do go on because people start to say, oh, I see what you're saying. If I add in this and this, I get this and, you know, it works pretty well. So where do you get the data to really do this analysis and, and how do you get kind of customer data incorporated? You know, I'm a huge believer in the fact that data-driven decisions are the key to success in advertising or in anything in life probably, but certainly in advertising, it's it's critical. So we ask upfront um, what type of CRM data past purchase or past membership data is available. And advertisers that have been doing that with us for a while absolutely depend on it. You know, we have some that they don't even open a new location without talking to our team because we've done so much work and and, and we have a, a large regional credit union that recently made a decision around pivoting their investment civically based on feedback that we were able to help them provide with insights from, you know, looking at their data, you know, understanding that they're their membership base is hugely passionate around local music. So they were able to partner with a local music organization and really get some significant brand lift. So those are the types of things that come secondarily, but at the, you know, at the core, at the beginning, it's helping them understand how do I reach more of the people that are working and and we do that with their data. What you seem to be hitting on is this transformation of the relationship between the Star Tribune and your advertisers. You've given a few examples. Are there others you can share that really kind of speak to that idea of transforming, you know, the partnership? One that comes to mind is the University of Minnesota Medical School. You know, even just three years ago, they were simply an advertiser. So we would talk to them about a printer digital advertising campaign, and that's where it ended. And obviously they work with a lot of other agencies, but we have a unique view because digitally we talk to 11 to 14, depending on the month, million people in our market every month. So we have a really unique um, window into, into what people care about. So now in today's 
model through these types of tools and through that transformed relationship, we help them create the content from concept through um, production, through execution. We help them design their full advertising campaign, how they talk to prospective patients about cancer treatment or whatever that might be. And then all the way through to helping them understand for their board and for their, and for donors, what that means in terms of results. How is that driving you know, the type of behavior that they're looking for. So completely different relationship than it was three years ago, largely because we approach it differently. We're not just talking about executing, you know, a media campaign. And, you know, obviously we like to think of the location being to some degree, the great equalizer and something that you can rally around. And, and regardless of industry, understanding that your customer or your business has a place on the map and you can analyze that. What, how do you lead with that idea of location and really across industry, across kind of offering to, to bring it home for them? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the way you said it is similar to how we do it, but I think one thing that's also been really interesting and compelling this year is for the first time in my career, and I think probably the first time ever, we had this instant new challenge when it came to location. Most of our advertisers are B2B or they're maybe B2B to C, like business to business, or ultimately maybe business to business to consumer. But this year, we had a, a large Minnesota-based food company. There's, there's a couple here that are huge, like the largest in the world. They have a unique challenge in that they had to find a new way to reach decision makers for school lunch programs around the country. Well, it used to be that you targeted district offices for school districts. Nobody was working in the school district offices all year. They're still not. So all of a sudden there's this huge new challenge around location. How do I figure out who these people are? And then how do I figure out where they live? Because I have to find a new way to reach them. And we did it and we solved for it and had to get scrappy and, and, and it worked. But that's, I, I think what's so compelling about that location being the first step is regardless of whether it's business as normal and we just have to figure out identify the prospect and figure out where the locations are and do what we do or whether it's completely been turned upside down and on its head because everyone's working from their, their house. It starts with location. So it's, I think for us, once we tell some of those stories and we help people understand it, it becomes pretty obvious typically. A core part of what you're doing in, in digital transformation that the Star Tribune is going through it's led to more sophisticated forms of segmentation that leverage psychographics to understand customers. Psychographics is really just a, a classification of population behaviors according to attitudes, aspirations, and other kind of psychological you know, perspectives. So I'm, I'm really curious to know how you, as a media and publishing company, use demography, segmentation, psychographic data to grow its customer base. Yeah. So I think there's two answers to the question. There's how we do it and then how we do it as a function of our ad agency type product, which is, I think, the other part that we're talking about. So we, we do it in both. So from a how we do it as an organization, we segment our customers, our readers, our prospective subscribers uh, based on a lot of things. We look at geography and, and where they live um, as certainly as being a core initial piece, how they consume content, where they come in, what times of day they come in. And we put them into very defined groups and we treat those differently in terms of our marketing, um, how we attempt to secure subscriptions or newsletter, you know, 
subscriptions or, or print subscriptions, how we serve them ads. Do we, you know, we can change the ad experience to, uh, if we're not going to have them subscribe, we want to make sure that we can capture revenue other ways so that we can monetize the content. So all of those on that side, on the advertiser side, we really do a, a pretty similar thing. We, we try to look at how, where are all the places that we can gather data. And then we supplement with, with psychographic, with demographic um, information to help them understand their audience, who currently is, I, I think of the, uh, the pro basketball team in town, the Minnesota Timberwolves. We've done a lot of work with them to say, what does a single game ticket holder look like? You know, ticket purchaser ver versus somebody who buys a pack versus somebody who is going to, you know, buy a season ticket and, and how do we understand unique differences and nuances so that we can be really laser focused on, on how we talk to them and how we advertise, you know, where we spend those dollars. So that, that intelligence, you know, the data that you're capturing, the data that you're analyzing is hugely valuable to the Star Tribune, not only in digital advertising, but I imagine organization-wide. Um, is there a lot of demand for the intelligence and the, mm. the analysis your team can provide to other parts of the organization? There, there certainly is. Um, there, there certainly is. I would say it's, you know, at least a quarter of the time that the team spends is on those types of other internal priorities. But I would say that what's, what's changing, and I'd be remiss not to mention it, is be, because of the changes that are so at the top of the news cycle right now from Google and from Apple and from others as it relates to data and what's available um, due to privacy changes and all of the other things, um, our data becomes infinitely more important. So the data that we have about our audience and the data that our team layers in against all of these other pieces is, is I, it's immensely valuable because it's rapidly becoming the most valuable or, or truthful or sometimes the only source of data that's available to target um, in those in those spaces. So it's it's becoming much more valuable on that side, but certainly it's valuable just organizationally as a whole as well. Well, you can't do a podcast, a business podcast, especially in, in 2021 without talking about coronavirus, COVID-19. These, the these trying times, these yeah, challenging uh, times. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but we have to go there. Yeah. Um, so obviously it, it dealt the blow everywhere. Um, and even the most resilient businesses were impacted heavily. Um, but how did COVID-19 affect Minnesota commercially? And what impact did that have on your advertising customers? And what adjustments did you have to make? How did you accommodate for that? Yeah, it was... I mean, look, it was devastating. Obviously, obviously, I mean, it would be, I would, no one would believe me if I said otherwise, and it would obviously not be true. So it was, you know, I, I think of last March, you know, I think it was March 14th or so when we started making a pivot to saying we're going to have to have people work from home for a few weeks. You know? <laughs> and we saw our revenues dramatically um, decline. I mean, there's, there's no other way to put it. They were, they went down dramatically um, in March and April of last year. Businesses were closed and, and you know, advertisers were panicked. Nobody knew what to do. Uh, certainly, we took a large hit. I, I would say I, what was unique for us as a news organization was that at the same time that that was happening, our website business and our, our traffic had never been higher. So we went from having you know, 10 to 11 million unique visitors a month to having sometimes 25, 30, 40 million. It was just crazy because there was all this stuff happening. So 
everyone was working really hard and there was a ton of demand for content, but ad revenue was highly challenged. That played out for certainly for three or four months, you know, as the closures went on longer and longer on the digital side of our ad business, we started to pick back up pretty well. Um, and we recovered nicely. Um, so our team was resilient and they just unrelenting, you know, we were fortunate. We didn't lay anyone off. We, we were able to keep everyone working. Um, and, and we recovered well, but I think it's the fact that we were so digitally focused and that we're so based on data-driven intelligence helped a lot because we were able to tell people, look, times are tough and your ad spend has to be compressed. You can't afford to not be laser focused. And I think the second piece that I, or third piece, if I started with team that I would add is we're unique in that, that we exist to fund the mission of local journalism. And if you've lived in, I'm going to say in Minneapolis, but it doesn't matter in the U S in the world this year. And if you don't think that having strong local media, keeping people accountable is important. I don't know what to say. So we've been able to, 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 to I think pretty, you know, to, to make the case in a pretty compelling way that we do all this stuff that, that's cutting edge and it really helps you focus your ad spend. But, but also all of those dollars exist to keep 250 journalists on the street. And that's important right now. So while we're not a nonprofit, you know, given the choice, we, we become a pretty good option. So I think it's kind of a mix of all of that, but um, certainly it's, you know, it's working. How do you envision media in publishing, innovating the advertising consultation services in the future? Where do you go from here? Yeah, I'm convinced there's going to be a lot more, John. I, I, the one thing I've been doing this too long to, to be naive enough maybe, or that to think that we're done with changes. I think that, there's going to continue to be more challenges, whether that's you know le- legislatively taking away the ability to to access data, or whether it's competition from other digital tools that that look you know maybe different or or whatever. There'll always be something else that happens. So I think when I think about the the next step, I th- I think it will stay similar and continue to grow in its consultative nature and but we're going to have to continuously pivot. So a great example, my team has grown really accustomed over the last year and a half, two years to talking about results with customers based on location. So when we run campaigns, we will say, these are the mobile devices that physically walked into your retail location over the last 30 days that this campaign was running. And, you know, here's a comparative look at you know, another location where you weren't running it and here's the lift. Well, recent changes with Apple make that very difficult, if not impossible, because we no longer have access to some of that data. So pivot. Now we have to think about a new way to help them assign, you know, ROI, return on investment to like, what did that mean? You know, what did that ad spend do? And and that's a small example, maybe, but those are going to continue to happen. So we're going to have to constantly do that. I also think our user behavior indicates that people are becoming more transient in how we read content. So it used to be that, you know, when I was in college, I went to a newspaper, I opened it up, I read it from cover to cover, or I went, you know, maybe a little bit later, I went to a website and I read all the content about, you know, the Green Bay Packers or about, you know, whoever. (laughs) And I, and I was linear now in today's world, people go on social media sites or, or whatever, and they might 
you know, bounce between 300 sites or places where they're reading content today. So it just changes fundamentally how everything works, how we have to be unique to stand out, how we have to talk about our, our content and our, and our approach. So there'll always be changes. We'll just have to continue to pivot. Really great insight, Brian. And I, I just want to say thank you for inviting us behind the curtain a little bit in digital advertising and the media business. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. And thanks to Brian Kennett for explaining how the Star Tribune has weathered repeated cycles of industry change and evolved its business by being data-driven, digitally focused, and location savvy. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to rate Esri and the Science of Wear podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about how location intelligence enables digital transformation and drives growth, visit esri.com forward slash location intelligence.